Hello and welcome to episode two of the Pat McCormick podcast. I'm your host, Patrick McCormack, and today I have a very special guest, someone who's helped me during my journey get to my job at Malloy College and during my high school athletic career, the uh, athletic director at Holy Trinity High School, Mr. Chris Hardart. Chris, thank you so much for coming on. No problem, Pat. Very happy to do it. Mr. Hardart, for you, the last 11 months have probably been very unique with the whole COVID-19 pandemic and not being able to play sports and then making adjustments to be able to get the student-athletes on the playing surfaces and get a very good experience at Holy Trinity. What have the last 11 months been like for you? Wow, that's a that's a tough question, man. It's, um, you know, the, I can tell you it's been very, very, it's a, it's a litany of things. I think um, frustrating being one, um, you know, and then, it, you know, patience, um, trying, trying my hardest and, you know, trying my hardest to have patience um, with the whole process. Um, you know, it's been so hard to, uh, you know, my entire adult life has been spent in, in working with high school kids and um, to watch them not be able to compete and to have, you know, the school being basically closed except for remote learning, which Holy Trinity has done an unbelievable job with, but um, it's not the way high school should be. Um, and it's been very, very difficult, you know, it's, um, but you know, what we've come out of this thing, um, it's been really, really great. I mean, the kids have, um, you know, the kids have been been tremendous um, getting through this thing. And, and I'll tell you in the fall, when we finally got an opportunity to play, um, you know, these, it's the soccer kids, we had uh, boys and girls soccer, boys and girls cross country. We had girls swimming, we had tennis going on. And we also did a little uh, football. We, we did seven on seven football and, and, uh, the kid, just seeing the kids back out on the field was great. And then you look into the beginning of this month in February, you started basketball and indoor track and both varsity basketball teams and both track teams were having great success. What is that like after a long layoff to finally see those winter athletes have that success on the playing fields? Well, you know, I think, I think um, it, just watching them, first of all, have an opportunity to compete um, has been the best thing. And, um, you know, watching them, one thing I think the kids uh, really, really have been great at is when we were here in the summer and then, uh, you know, as administrators here at the school and um, we were trying to, you know, make up different rules and regulations and safety regulations that we have to go through, state regulations, et cetera. You know, we, didn't, we had no idea how the kids were going to react. And um, I think what's been great is that the kids have followed the rules um, almost to a T and it's actually been, been, uh, refreshing to see. I mean, you have kids that, you know, you, you wouldn't think high school kids would be able to adjust to the things we are asking them to do, you know, wearing masks all the time, uh, walking one direction in the hallway, uh, not sitting with their friends at lunch, sitting in desks at lunch, uh, things like that. I mean, they, and they've done a great job with all of that inside the school. So then when athletics started, you know, we had to do the same thing. You know, we don't use locker rooms. You know, it's it's like a, it's like an AU basketball situation. You know, they come in and they, they change in, in, in the gym. We can only have a certain number of kids in the gym at a time. Um, you know, but what they've gone through, and I think they see it as, hey, this is an opportunity for us to play. And and it's been great, you know. And then, you know, listen, Coach Conifree, you know, Joe Conifree, our head boys coach, and Roger Gackler, our girls coach, um, and girls in uh, basketball, 
and then Candace Carroll, Eugenia Bradshaw uh, in track, um, and even in bowling, you know, Frank Messina, Mary Messina, they, they've done a great job following rules and getting the kids out there. And, um, you know, I'm not surprised by our success. You know, um, you know, the one thing that we have here um, is, a, is a combination of competition um, and opportunity here at Holy Trinity. And, and that's how we, we, we like to sell ourselves. And even since the beginning of the pandemic, Holy Trinity's been at the top. You asked me to help you out with those tight end talks where we get to highlight the student athletes and the coaches. And both the student athletes and coaches were great in talking to me and we really got some good content there. And then you're seeing it with the basketball games. They're able to live stream those. And you guys are very active on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the track teams and their records and promoting all your student athletes to the fullest. What was that from uh, your job standpoint, just to get the word out there of what Holy Trinity was doing? And even though you guys may not be playing, just keeping everyone out there and just keeping everybody informed of that great message the school has to offer. Well, I think the conversation me and you had way back when, probably in March, right? I mean, when we started talking and uh, about the whole Titan talk thing that we did, um, you know, I remember um, the first conversation me and you had about that was, you know, I, I was trying everything we could um, to get the, to get some normalcy going with the kids and, and make sure that people understood that we're, you know, we're, we'll be ready to go when, when, we're, when we're ready to go, you know? And you just try to keep yourself, keep the school. And I, and I think, you know, many of our schools, and this goes for all the Catholic schools on Long Island and even in New York and, and uh, Westchester that were part of our downstate league that we have, you know? Um, I think we've, we've all tried to do a great job with that because, you, you know, we, what we do and what we do here at Holy Trinity is, is special. And I think what we're seeing, I think there's so much out there right now, um, negativity in terms of education and in terms of kids not going to school nationwide, you know, the, the, the teacher unions and, and the fight going on with the government and politicians with that. And we've been open since September. And, and uh, I think part of the reason is the support of, our, of, of the diocese, the support of the administration um, that want to see our kids in school, you know. And, uh, you know, listen, I'm a product, lifelong product of Catholic education, as you are. And um, it's, it's special. And, and for us to get, we have to get the word out. That's exactly what we need to do. And um, we, we try. We try really hard. And, and, you know, it's not easy sometimes. You know, you're trying to, you know, put everything out on as best you can on, on Facebook and Instagram, like you said, Instagram and Twitter. And, and we're just trying to give our kids and show everybody what we're about, you know, what the school is all about. And uh, as you know, it's a special place and, and, and being a Catholic school is, is special. You, know? you wear many hats inside of the Catholic league. And I'll touch on that a, a little later, whether it be a commissioner of another league or a president of the football league, it's just as an AD, how difficult has it been for you to just try to keep track of the different rules come into effect and make sure everyone is ready to play and everyone is staying safe during this time? Well, a lot of it, you know, I've had a lot of it goes hand in hand with what goes on in the school, you know, just the carryover um, of the rules and regulations that we have to follow in the school. It's very, very similar in athletics. Um, so I think that's, you know, it's, it's been a constant, um, you know, basically I, I'll tell you once we, once the school um, figured out, or once we were told that we weren't coming back to school, um, last year, I think all the focus turned to how are we going to open in September, you know, um, and that's, that's from the top down. That's from, 
from the diocese all the way through to, the, to our principal, uh, Jim Grillo, even Kathy Moran, when she was our principal prior to that. I think all the focus went on, let's get the school opened in September as safely as we possibly can. And I think you put a lot of minds together and, and yeah, there are a lot of rules. There are a lot of rules and regulations, et cetera, but um, it's not, it's not um, so difficult that you can't get it going, you know? And I think that's what we've proven um, in, you know, not just Holy Trinity, but all the Catholic schools that we could open safely and we can have the kids here safely. And I think that's the same thing for athletics. I think we, we you know, we work hard at it and, and we make sure that the kids are, 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 you know, as safe as we can possibly have them be. And um, yeah, there are a lot of rules and, but we have a lot of, we have a lot of uh, people here that, that, um, you know, work together to, to, to put, uh, put everything together and follow rules and, and it's been really, really successful for us. So I'm going to backtrack a little bit. You went to Christ the King, then went to St. Joseph's College, and then you went back to coaching at Christ the King. How has that first coaching experience really shaped and made you decide, I want to be an athletic director? I want to work in athletics. Well, Pat, I think similar to you, um, I noticed because I know you for a while, right? Um, you know, when I was a kid, it was, it was sports, sports, and sports. 24 hours a day for me, um, whether it was following teams, um, whether it was playing, whether it was being in, in the neighborhood with my friends and, and uh, you know, shoveling the basketball court when it got snow to, so we can play. And, and as soon as the snow came, we would play tackle football without equipment in the snow and play hockey. And as soon you know, whatever we, whatever we, whatever sport was in season, we played. And, um, you know, so when I, when I finished my high school career and, and, and got into, you know, immediately got into coaching and uh and that's all i wanted to do i mean a funny story when i was at st joseph's college i i uh sister Teresa avila was my um uh well, i guess a guidance counselor or my my uh what's the word i'm looking for my uh, advisor my advisor very good and uh you know i walked into her office one day and i said when i was a freshman i'll never forget this conversation she said um so what do you want to do mr hallard i said well i want to teach and coach so she said, well, okay, so, so what do you want to teach? I said, I want to teach phys ed, you know? And she says, no, you're not teaching phys ed. So I said, what do you mean, sister? She said, well, there's not going to be a lot of phys ed jobs going on in the future. It's going to all change. And I see it happening. And this is a, probably at the time a mid-60s, uh, you know, nun from St. Joseph's College who, who was telling me this. And so she basically told me flat out that she wasn't going to let me uh, major in phys ed, which I thought was was great. You know, at that time, I wasn't very happy about it. But she said, um, well, so what subject do you like? I said, well, I guess history. And she said, okay, you're going to be a history teacher. So I majored in history and um, the rest is history, right? So I, I finished my career at St. Joe's and went right back to Christ the King. And um, at Christ the King, I was, you know, our football program was, was not very good. Um, in fact, it was definitely the worst program in the school. And, uh, you know, when I got there in uh, 1989, there was a uh, head coach by the name of Steve Corso who had just taken the job. And um, he, was a, he was an excellent organizer and an excellent coach. Um, but he only, you know, he stayed a couple of years. And, and um, so two years after the fact, I, uh, I had an opportunity um, to become the head coach. And I was, I was the youngest at, at that time. I was 22 years old, I believe. And I was the youngest head coach in, in the history of New York City at the time. And, um, you know, it was an opportunity I got probably because the program was so bad, to be honest with you. 
And um, what happened was I, I you know, I, I like to tell people at that time I was, I was just young and stupid and didn't realize how hard of a job it was. And I was able to, to build a staff of guys, uh, alumni, friends of mine, actually, from, from that, that had played at Christ the King with us. And, um, you know, Anthony Russo, Ricky Verone, two guys that I owe a lot of my career to. And um, those two guys came in and we started building a program there. And it took a long time. I mean, we lost a bunch of games early on. We, we, it took us a long time to get there. But, you know, eight years after I took the job, we're – you know, with nine and zero, uh, and we're playing St. Anthony's High School in the uh, in the semifinals of the CHSFL, and um, it was a long, long road to get to that point, but um, it was it was great, and that, I'll, I'm forever indebted to all the kids and all the coaches, all the coaches that I that I coached with back then, and um, you know, it was a great journey. It was a great journey for me, and then uh, from there, I. You know, I had an opportunity after some success at Christ the King. I had an opportunity to go to the Merchant Marine Academy as an assistant coach. And I did that for a year. And then um, the athletic director job opened at uh, Holy Trinity and I applied for it. And, um, you know, I knew one person in this building at the time, uh, Tony Massey, who was a football coach. I, and really, Tony and I weren't really, um, you know, longtime friends or anything. We were just opponents. We were we played against each other and. Uh, we coached against each other and, and um, you know, he was the only person I knew in the building. I called him up and I said, what do you think? He said, Hey, what do you got to lose? Put your resume in. And um, I did. And here we are. Now, how was that adjustment? You mentioned you met with, um, started with Christ the King and with the Royals, you had success and you were overseeing the football program. Now you go from always overseeing the football program as a head coach to overseeing multiple pro programs as an athletic director. How was that transition for you? Well, you know, Pat, I think it's like, and I think you, you know, um, I know you have this quality because I, I, uh, I was talking to Mr. Grillo. I know, you know, our principal and, um, you know, I, I never felt like it was too much work. You know, I, I took it on every opportunity that when I got here, I think one of the things that is funny, I think one of the things that got me the job here was when I told the principal and the assistant principal, you know, you're going to get sick of seeing me around the building. And um, that's exactly what I did. I just kind of immersed myself, immersed myself into the school and into the program and tried to be available um, all the time. And especially the first few years, um, I tried to, you know, be around, take in as much as I could. You know, it's funny, like I got here and I, you know, I didn't know anything about, I didn't know anything about a lot, a lot of the sports on Long Island. You know, at Christ the King, we didn't have a golf team. We didn't have a tennis team. We didn't have a lacrosse team, um, you know. It was, it was badminton, you know. All these, all these sports that that came about, and I'm like, I just kind of just sat back and and let the coaches coach and and see see what it was all about, you know, and take it all in. And I think having the, you know, the, I just want, I just wanted to work at it and wanted to make sure that our program was good, the best it could possibly be, and and. You can't come in. I think the one thing I, I did was I didn't come in thinking I had all the answers. I, I, I listened to what I listened and watched and learned, and then I made some adjustments along the way. You know, and you can't come in and uh, you know start making changes immediately. You know, that's that's the last thing I was looking to do. You know, it was kind of like just a learning process and just being there for people and being there for the coaches. You know, and 
I kind of see myself as a, a facilitator of the program. You know, you, the coach is coach, you know, you hire a coach and you put him or her in, in charge of the program and, and you, you just watch from, from a distance, you know, um, I'm not definitely not one of those guys to, to, you know, step on anybody's toes in terms of what they're doing um, in terms of the program. And, and uh, I just want to make sure that they're doing what's best for, for our student athletes. And that's, that's, that's number one in our book here. Number one. Now you were in the classroom as a his history teacher as well. How is that transferring from being a teacher along with coaching to just changing your day to day and doing more of an administrative role? It's, it's totally different. You know, um, when you're in the classroom, you know, you have your audience of, you know, whatever it might be, 20, 30 kids. And, um, you know, you have to be on for like 40 minutes, you know. And uh, the one thing I, I remember back in learning at St. Joe's about being a history teacher was like, you know, tell a good story. And, and that's, what, that's what being a history teacher was. Whereas this is like, you know, you just never know. And you're in control. Let's put that. The other thing, you're in control in the classroom. Like you, you have a game, you know, basically you have a game plan, right? You have a, a lesson plan and it's like having a game plan. That's kind of the way I attacked it, you know? And then when, you, when you're in the classroom, you're in control for those 40 minutes. When you're, when this job right here, the one thing, you know, I tell everybody that, that asked me, hey, what's the toughest thing about being an AD? I said, it, the toughest part is going in every day and not knowing what's going to happen. You know, um, whether it's weather, whether it's something happens with a bus, whether it's something happens with a schedule, whether it's something happens when somebody needs, you know, somebody needs something you're not, you're not even thinking about. Um, all of a sudden, somebody's best player's not in school that day or whatever's happening or some, uh, one of our players has a, a home problem or something, you know, you just never know. There's so many different variables that come into this job that, you know, some days you think you have a really easy day and it's, and it's very difficult. You know, whereas I think in the classroom, you know, you're, you're more in control. You know, you, you, you basically, you run your own show for 40 minutes. You're, you know, you're not in any control here sometimes. You know, that's the way I feel sometimes, you know. Now, you had something special from uh, 2012. From 2008 to 2012, you were able to be the athletic director, and uh, both of your sons were playing sports with the Titans. Ryan ran 12 seasons with cross country and track and field, and then Chris played baseball, football, and I don't that was he just played and he wrestled for a little he wrestled bit. Wrestled for one year, yep. He wrestled for a year. What was it like seeing your sons every day in high school practice and compete? Well, I'll tell you, that was a that was an interesting time. You know, um, you know, it was interesting. Like I never told them they had to come to Holy Trinity, and um, I think what happened was, you know, they they started coming here um, to our summer camps during the summer, and then they would uh, when they were younger, you know, before high school. And, you know, I would bring them out here and when I was working and they were off from school or whatever, and they would they'd come in and play in the gym and hang out in the wrestling room and play around in the wrestling room, and I'm talking, you know, for their whole entire life. So I think what happened was when, when high school started coming, they, the decision was to come, to come to high school. I think they were just like, okay, I guess we're going to Holy Trinity, right? I mean, that's like, that's what we know, you know? So that's, dad, we're going to go to Holy Trinity, right? And I was like, you really want to come? You know, let's you know, it was, it was a challenge. It was every day, you know, driving them every day. And uh, the one thing I tried to do, I tried to do very, very, uh, I was very uh, conscious of the fact that everybody was going to know um, that they would eat these kids, you know, and that was, uh, it was tough. It was really, really tough because they, and I tried to 
every single day when I dropped them off and I, we came in here into the building, they went one way, I went another way. And I tried to stay out of their life every day in the building. You know, I tried not to give them any special treatment. Um, you know, I tried to down to equipment distribution. They got online for equipment, you know, um, uniform, whatever they, you know, whatever it was, if they had to take a, take the school bus to the games, they had to take the school bus to the games, that, whatever everybody else did, they had to do. And um, I was very, very conscious of that because I didn't want them um, to feel uncomfortable around me and around, we'll have, for example, the other athletes feel uncomfortable around me, you know? And I think I was successful at that. Um, I mean, you're kind of a product of that because you're, you're friends with them and stuff. And, and I, think I, I think I did a good job of that. Um, and they made it easy for me because I think they, they worked hard, you know, um, they weren't, they weren't the guys on the team that, that, you know, uh, we're going to take anything for granted. You know, Ryan had a great four year career running track with you. Um, you know, you guys finished in the back of the pack a lot, but you guys went to practice every day and you guys worked hard and, and, um, you know, you, you didn't get any special treatment and you guys, you guys are, should be super, super proud of your career um, because it's, to, to run for four years and three seasons, you know, I used to laugh when Ryan would get in the car on the way home and he'd say, you know, Chris would go, I had a tough practice today. And Ryan said, oh yeah, well, I ran five miles. You know, I don't think, I don't think Christopher ever ran five miles in his life, but, um, but Ryan did it every day at practice with you. And that's not easy. I, I don't care if you're the slowest guy or the fastest guy. That's a lot of commitment, you know? And listen, Christopher, my son Christopher had a had a tremendous career here. They won, you know, he won a championship in his senior year and went on to have a really great college career at Hofstra. And um, I'm super proud of both of them, though. You know, both both of what they've accomplished in life. I mean, nothing ever came easy to them. And um, you know, they both really worked really really hard at what they at what they did. And I think that's what made it easy for me here too. Is that they they were good kids and they and they they worked hard. Now, Ryan got his championship, too. It may not go as known, but in 2011, the cross-country cities put in the B varsity race, and Holy Trinity did win that that year. You, you're right. You're right about that. And that was a big thing. Like, it's funny you say that because, you know, Ryan being the runner he was, I remember how the accomplishment of him getting on the line as a starter on a varsity, right, in his senior year, that was a big deal. And, and, I, and I'm, I can't tell you how proud I am of him being able to do that you know it took a lot of work to do that you know and um so yeah his listen his his stats and his his uh success aren't as aren't as great as christopher's work and and uh but that doesn't make it any he didn't work any less any less harder at it you know so that was listen i love the track kids i love the track kids even now you know as you know uh, you know track is is a is a to me like there's no way to hide on a track on a track, you know, you're out there, it's one-on-one -on -one and you have to go beat the guy. It's kind of like wrestling, you know, there's no way that you can't blame anybody else. You know, I always tell a story with wrestlers, like, you know, you're a baseball catcher or you're a, you're a pitcher or you're a whatever, a quarterback, right? You can always, you can always blame somebody else, right? You can always blame somebody else, you know, Hey, we didn't win today because the second baseman made two errors. I pitched really good, but the second baseman made errors, you know, now you're on a track, when you're running against that guy and the guy beats you, who are you going to blame? You can't blame anybody. Same thing in wrestling. You go out and you go out into a wrestling match and the guy beats you. Well, he's better than you. He beats you. So you got to get better to beat him. That's it's very simple. It's, there's nobody, can't point a finger at anybody, you know? So I, those guys hold a special place in my heart.
st staying with Holy Trinity, what's it like at, from an athletic director's chair or standing in the corner where you like to stand and observe when a team wins a, um, a league championship, a state championship, or a sexual championship? Because there has been a number of teams that have been very successful with you leading the athletic department. Well, first of all, I mean, I, yeah, those guys, you know, anybody who wins a championship, you know, is, is they obviously hold a special place in the, in the school, you know. And one of the things I, I say is so different about high school sports as opposed to, you know, playing in AU basketball or travel soccer, travel baseball or travel lacrosse. You know, one of the things about winning for your school is you walk into our gym and you know what, you're always part of, look up in the, the we keep history here, you know, and, and it means something uh, to the school, to the, the history of the school uh, when you win a championship here. And, and uh, when you look up in the banners and you see, you know, you know, 10 years from now or 20 years from now, when you come back to your reunions or whatever, you can always say, hey, I'm, I was part of the, you know, the 2000 championship team, or I was part of the 2014 state basketball championship team. That's, that's, that's great stuff to, to have, you know, whereas you go, you know, you're out when you become older and you're, Hey, we won, you know, Long Island lightning, you know, we won the 13 and under tournament in Pennsylvania. Like nobody really cares other than the, the 12 people you played with. Now that's important stuff as you're developing, but high school sports is different, you know, and you're playing for a school, you're playing for history. You know, we, we have the 1969, the first year, graduating class in the history of the school, 1970, won the, 19, won the CHSFL AAA championship in football. Uh, guys like Ralph Ferretter and Gary Field and Ed Durso, these guys, they, they, they won the, the AAA championship against established schools um, in the first year in the history of, of the school. And when you, I see those guys at like the golf outing, they, they, it's amazing. They can, they can, they can tell you plays that happened in, in, you know, the third week of the season in 1969. Like that's special stuff, you know? Um, now that being said, um, I'm equally as proud of, of all of our kids that compete, you know? Um, you know, sometimes you don't win a championship. Sometimes it's about luck. It's about something that, you know, broke the wrong way for you in, in a given game, in a playoff game or whatever. And, um, you know, luck of the draw, you, you know, you draw somebody tough in the playoffs or, you know, it's, the, it's not a good matchup for you. Like in wrestling, you know, you, you might draw somebody that is a tough draw for you and you don't win a championship. But that, you know, it's not all about that. It's about, it's about you know, one thing we like to say around here is that, you know, of all the schools on all around, the Catholic schools, one thing that we provide for people is, is top-notch competition. And we like to think we have an opportunity here um, for, to compete at the highest level in our league and we're not the biggest school. So you're not, you're not coming out and trying out with, with a hundred basketball players, you know? Um, so we have an opportunity here. All right. You, you have an opportunity uh, to compete. Whereas in, you know, some of our other bigger schools in our league, you know, that's, that's, it's tough because some, you know, sometimes you, you get lost in the shuffle. If you're not, if you're not a top guy in that, in a, you know, let's say in a grade of 600, you know? So we're, I'm proud of all the kids that compete here. Um, but yeah, winning the championship is special. And like you said, being a high school athlete, I wasn't the greatest high school athlete, but I was able to meet some of my best friends, Chris, Ryan, Demi Artali, Jen Grice, Manda Gazori, all those people just by running and being on the track team with them or going to different galas with them, either it be the awards dinners and 
it's really good experience and it helped me get my feet wet because I met you and you encouraged me to announce those baseball tournaments or football games got me involved in this that thing which gave me confidence going off in the college and everything else so there's many other lessons that are taught by doing athletics you don't have to finish in first all the time but you could just learn the lessons of competition and then just get your feet work in other fields that's what holy trinity provided for me for any student athlete who you feel may be on the fence of they may not think they're good enough or they're a little afraid to try out or play a sport what would you tell them i try to do that I try to do that with all the freshmen um, every year. I, I really do. I try to, when I meet with the freshmen on their orientation, that's exactly what I tell them. I, I said, there's so many, there's so many stories um, in my career, uh, whether it be at Christ the King as the football coach or here as an AD with all the different sports that we have. There's so many stories of guys that guys and girls that have come into the school thinking they were whatever, you know, I thought, I think I'm going to be a basketball player. I think I'm going to be a lacrosse player. I think I'm going to be whatever. And then they graduate in something that their, their career went a totally different way, you know, and it happens. It happens so many times, you know, um, I had a, I had a, a guy at, um, at Christ the King, you know, interesting story. I had this kid, um, Ricky Simpkins, who was a, you know, six foot three, six foot four, 300 pound, guy, he comes into the school, transfers in from a Clancy, I remember, and he's in my history class. And I said, I see this guy walking into my class and I'm like, this guy, this guy's a defensive tackle. And he said, no, nah, no, nah, I'm sorry, I play, uh, I play basketball. So, okay, well, you know, you know, it's pretty tough here. You know, we're one of the best basketball teams in the country. So he says, yeah, I know, but I'm, I'm really good. I said, okay. So he goes to basketball tryouts and he gets cut. And um, now he wants, you know, who knows, wants to leave the school, whatever. So I happened to see his mother at, at parent-teacher night. And I said, you know, hey, why does this guy, why doesn't your son try to play football? I said, he's, he's, he's a defensive tackle. I said, I'll, don't worry, we'll teach him. He always never played before. I said, we'll teach him how to play. So he comes out for the team. He ends up graduating on that great team that I had. And he ends up going to Syracuse University to play football for four years for free on a, on a scholarship. So that's what happens you know it's not all about sometimes where you come in and and it's how you leave really you know and um like you for example i, I what, what did you think you were going to be when you were coming in so i i grew up i don't want to say typical long island but i grew up playing basketball lacrosse and i played football i was i didn't really like football that much but anything else and how it came to me was uh my friend's sister terry gallagher who is now the head uh, cross-country coach at Manhattan College and ran the 2016 Worlds in the 1500 from Team USA. We went to see her one day. We're at a family party. She goes, Pat, if you have nothing else to do, just run track. Just give it a try. And 12 seasons later, friends, memories, everything right from there, just from that simple encouragement. Yeah, and, it, it, you know, that's that's my son Ryan's story, too. I mean, pretty much, you know. He, he always, you know, he played everything growing up. And, um you know, but he, he knew, I think he kind of figured it out in high school that, you know, I got to be really, really good to play in high school. You got, you, know, you have to, you know, Joe Conifer says that all the time. Um, he goes, when he's, do, you know, doing tryouts, he said, look, you know, you have to be good. Like, that's just the way it is in high school. You know, if you want to play certain sports, you have to be really good at it. Otherwise, you're not going to play. You know, it's just that simple. You know, there's only limited number of spots and there's only limited number of playing time, whatever. And um, that's that's a great that's a great way to look at it, you know. But I think what you know, like we were saying before, I mean, I think that's what um, you know, that's what those sports are all about, you know. 
And just shifting gears a little bit, as long as many athletic director, you mentioned this, you're the president of the football league, you're the commissioner of many other leagues. What is it like overseeing the sports and seeing these leagues that have so much success? I mean, you look at the Catholic football league, it goes all the way from St. John the Baptist in Islip all the way up to, I'm not sure what the furthest North is, but you have Stepanak and Kennedy Catholic up in Westchester. Yep. So that's a lot of ground and a lot of talent that's covered in that one league. Well, you know, Pat, what happened was I, I when I got involved at Christ the King, I, I was, like I told you before, I, I, I dove in head first, you know, and at the time I was young, I, I didn't have a family yet. And, and, you know, I, I dove into the league. Like I, I you know, it's funny, the football league, every, every Monday night um, for years, um, the football coaches would meet every single Monday night after the weekend's games. And because there was so much to cover in terms of, you know, stats and rosters and game films, we used to have to exchange our game films on the old VHS tapes, you know, and we would meet every single Monday um, as a league and they would have dinner for us and, and all the coaches would be there. And I, I started going to those meetings when I was a young kid, really, I was like 20, 22 years old and I was going to these meetings and, there, there are legendary guys in there. Vinny O'Connor from St. Francis Prep and, and uh, Mario Valentini from Mount St. Michael and uh, just, just name it, Tommy Pugh from, from Holy Cross. These guys were like legendary guys. They, they were 30, 30 year uh, football coaches. And, you know, so it was funny because Tony Massia, who I met at that meeting, it was funny. My first year as the head coach at Christ the King was his first year as the head coach at Holy Trinity. So we walk into this meeting and we're in the Mount St. Michael cafeteria and there's like all these people in there. And we're like, we're like these two young guys that are just looking at each other like, Hey, Hey, uh, you know, anybody here? And I'm like, he's like, no, I don't know anybody. And I said, well, I, I introduced myself. And before you know, it, we're sitting together and we, we struck up a relationship, you know? And, um, but anyway, you know, the league to me was like this kind of like, um, you know, uh, just a special thing. Like you have these 20, 20, so, Catholic high schools in, in the tri-state area, not, not tri, sorry, in the, in the, you know, covering, like you said, covering all this distance and all the different aspects of all the different schools. Um, it's, it's such a great league and there's so much history in the league. And there's so many guys that have gone on to play and, you know, play in the NFL and play in great colleges. And, and uh, it's, it's just a, it was a special thing from the day I started in the league, you know? And, um, you know, it was so, I was so proud of developing a program at Christ the King that was respected because when I got there, it was kind of like, you know, I was the eighth head coach in, in 10 years probably. And, you know, everybody kind of looking at me like, yeah, hey, comes another guy, you know? And, it, but when, when that kind of like earned my, I felt like I earned my seat at the table, you know what I mean? Like I earned my seat at the, at the top of the top of the league, you know? And it was such a special thing to me. You know? I thought it was great, you know? And, um, you know, you had programs like Holy Trinity at the time, but Tony did such a great job with our program here and, and always in the always in the mix, you know, to, to be successful. And, and you know, the, the St. Francis Preps of the world and, the, and the, you know, the Chaminades and the St. Anthony's and the Mounts and all these schools that were that had success. And here I am finally get to the top of it, you know. So I think I think, you know, um, and then I just got involved in like the day-to-day -day operation of the league. And I think that uh, it just kind of comes natural. And then, you know, people started asking, you know, uh, you know, eventually you gain leadership spots in the league, whether it be on, 
a seat on the executive committee or whatever. And, and then uh, I was lucky enough to be asked to be the president, I guess, 10 years ago now. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an honor to be the president, but it's, it's also one of those jobs that nobody wants, you know, um, because it's so hard, you know, it's such a, it's such a headache, you know, um, but it, to me, it's like a labor of love. I mean, I, I love the league and I, I love everything about it. And, um, you know, it's just something that, you know, watching the kids, watching all the league be successful. Um, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know. Listen, I don't know any other way to spend a Saturday or a Sunday than watching high school football, um, you know, in, in that time of the year, you know, and that's why this, this fall was so hard, you know? Um, so it's just, a, it's a great league. Uh, it's got great people in it. And we all come from the, look, we compete like crazy, right? We all compete like crazy, but we're all out of the same um, mold. You know, we're all Catholic school guys that are in this league together. All right. All for like a common goal, you know, and uh, we all have similar problems, similar, similar success, similar failures, all that stuff. And um, it's a special league. It really is. I worked the army Navy game for the first time ever going to it this year. And it's really cool that, you guys put out the image of the different guys who were playing from the Catholic football league, but also going on to serve the country. And then there's so many cool stories. You look at it, the guys going power five and then coaches, you oversaw an athletic director and they're either they're coaching in the league as uh, Kamal Roy's head coach at Holy Trinity. And then Dom Tassone, who's the head coach and the athletic director at Kennedy Catholic. So it's really cool to see how all these things work out. And then you also look at, the coaching staff at Trinity, at least when I was there, had a number of Christy King guys that I'm not sure if you coach with them or you coach them. And it's just a seems like a giant family of everyone just coming together and working together for a common goal, like you said. That's that's definitely what it is. And you know, I, I'll tell you a quick quick funny story about that Army Navy thing. You you put up the picture that you were there, and you set off like a. I sent that picture to a bunch of people, and it set off a it set off a chain reaction, and somebody called me that day and said, hey you know how many CHSFL guys are playing in this game? And I go, hold on, I'll go check. And we checked. And within a couple hours, we got that edit together to put that out. So you actually started it. You actually, you, you started the chain reaction of that and why that happened, you know? But it was, that's exactly what it is. It's a, it's a small family of, of all these people that, you know, um, it, it, was, it was a great thing. And it all started with you, you know, because you were from the league and you said to me and you put it out there and it was like, Wow, you know, it's, it's amazing, you know, how it works. I do what I can. I may not be the best athlete, but I can help out wherever I can. And we're going to switch gears a little bit. You mentioned you grew up watching sports. And when it comes to professional sports, you're very interesting. I don't think there's many other people other than your son who could say like the Minnesota Twins, the Buffalo Bills, and the New Jersey Devils. And just looking at that, the Bills had a great year. They unfortunately fell in the AFC Championship game. And we're going to focus on the Devils now just to keep it local and but what do you, what, I guess, what got you into those three teams? Well, I think it's funny. And all my friends will tell you that, you know, I'm one of those guys that um, I never wanted to root for the team that everybody was rooting for, you know, um, you know, kind of like you, I, I like to debate sports all the time, you know, and who's better. And, and uh, I always like to be on. So when, when I was kind of an Islander fan, um, I never was a Ranger fan. You know, uh, hate the Rangers, grew up hating the Rangers from day one. Um, and don't even ask me why. I don't know why, but I just was not a Ranger fan. And so I, I rooted for the Islanders, you know, and I, I, I really wasn't a crazy hockey fan. 
And then what happened was the, the Devils come in in 1982. This new team from Colorado comes in with these weird, you know, Christmas tree colors, right? Green and green and green and red, playing in the Meadowlands, right? And it was really like to me, it was like this brand new thing. I hey, listen, I'm going to jump on board with these guys early on, and I'm going to like, you know, I was kind of like you, you know, I was a high school kid at the time, and I'm like, this is really cool, like you know, buying all the stuff and buying jerseys and and their gear and everything and everybody's like well, who are those guys you know and, and then you got to like hey you know follow the team and it was like then we had this thing where me and a couple of my friends you know the devils had this thing where you if you brought like four bottle caps or something to the game you got a free ticket you know and um you know so we used to go to the games like we used to get and, and it was so easy to get a ticket because the devils weren't you know weren't selling out the islanders were selling out the Nassau coliseum and the rangers were the rangers and the Devils were kind of like the third team, you know? And um, so I dove in head first, you know? And a couple of my friends came along, you know, came along for the ride. And, um, you know, and then they, it was great because they started getting better, you know, as, as time started coming in. And then I, I actually worked as a summer as an intern for the Devils selling season tickets and doing public relations and stuff. And uh, I actually worked the first, you'd appreciate this, I worked, Brendan Shanahan's inter introductory press conference. So I was actually at that press conference when Brendan Shanahan got drafted by, by the Devils. And then Lou Lamarillo takes over and the rest is history, you know? And the Devils just got better and better. And, you know, 1988 was, you know, real Devil fans, you know, will talk about 1988 before they talk about 1995. Because 95 being the first cup, right? But 88 on Easter Sunday, um, when they beat the Chicago Blackhawks on Easter Sunday night and the Rangers got knocked out of the playoffs. Um, that's what real devil fans talk about. That's, that was the, that was the, the first time that we kind of came into our own, you know, and then had a great, had a great run that year. And they won the Patrick division playoff championship. That was something back then. And, um, you know, I remember they put a batter up and, and all that kind of stuff. It was great because the first time they won anything, you know, but, uh, you know, it's really, it's fun to watch them now, um, you know, coming around now too, you know. Look at that devil team now, and it's kind of like, I want the Rangers to play like them because the Rangers are the youngest team in the league. The Devils are pretty young too, and the Devils team is fearless. Like, they seem like they're not afraid to make mistakes. You look at Jack Hughes, you look at two guys who really impressed me this year, Mike McLeod and Pavel Zaka, who Pavel Zaka has been fantastic the last two games. Just look at those guys coming to their role. They don't have much star power. You have P.K. Subban and Palmieri had a good game, but I wouldn't say Palmieri is necessarily a star. He's a nice season vet, but that team is – they'll take on anyone. I mean, they played the Bruins three times. They haven't given up an even-strength goal yet, and it's just so many different pieces. And after everything they've gone through this year, they're really fun to watch. As a Ranger fan, I enjoy watching the Devils and their young talent. And then Mackenzie Blackwood is just out of this world. Well, I think that's where it starts. So uh, what do you see out of this – Good. I was, I was gonna say, what do you see out of this Devils team? Well, that's what that's what I was gonna say. I mean, I, I mean, the first thing I've said to my son, and you know, we're in a we're in a it's me, my brother-in-law is my my brother-in-law is my my buddy Artie, and you know all these guys, right? They're all Devil fans, and they all became Devil fans because of me, which I I think is great, you know. But we're in a group text on every game, you know, and we're always commenting about that kind of stuff. And and when the season first started, it was like. We was make you know we were sending out like jokes about you remember the the movie Major League you know with uh, who are these guys you know and uh, 
that's exactly what we were saying. Like, who the heck are these guys? Like, where do you, who, who are, you know, who's this team? You know, we didn't think anything, you know, no expectations whatsoever, you know? And I think what you just said is exactly what I've said to my, I've said to guys, it's like, they play hard. And, and, you know, and I think the number one thing is having Blackwood because I think he's established now. I think he's going to be the guy now for a while, you know, and you know how important that is in the NHL. You have to have a goalie, you know, and, and that's what I think they, you know, I think they have what they need with him, you know, and then you're, listen, you got to remember, Pat, we didn't, we haven't been very good for the last five or six years. So all these draft picks, all these young guys that we have, they, they're top of the, they're top of the draft guys, you know, even though they're not, you know, McLeod, you know, between McLeod, like the guys you mentioned, McLeod and, and Zaka, those guys are a top 10 picks, you know, and then you got Hughes and he sure, he sure hasn't even played yet. And he's a, you know, he's a number one pick overall number one pick. So we got two, two guys in the, two guys in the, on the team that are number one overall picks. So I listen, I'm right now, I'm cautiously optimistic. I, 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 First of all, I love what I see, though. I think you're you're right. I mean, and watching them play for, you know, you know how the NHL goes, right? They they kind of like uh, recycle a lot of guys. And Lindy Ruff is one of those guys, right? He's always been a respected guy, um, but he's never been he's never won. You know, it's kind of like the Lamarillo. You know, the Devils won three Stanley Cups with three different head coaches. You know, so the NHL is kind of built that way. You know, guys guys come and go, and I think they wear out their welcome. Whatever happens in the NHL, I'm not really sure about that, but you don't see guys like lasting with teams for 10, 12 years, you know, very, very rare, you know? So right now, whatever Lindy Ruff is selling these guys, it's working, you know? And I think that's, that's something that happens in the NHL. You know, you catch lightning in a bottle sometimes, you know? And then there's Ty Smith, who I forgot another great devil talent, but it's a lot of fun to watch and uh, hopefully we can go to a game soon. Hopefully we can hit the golf course soon. And I'm wishing you and the Titans the best of luck this year. It's awesome seeing everyone's success. And thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Pat, listen, this is a great undertaking that you're you're taking on, and I wish you all the best. Um, I hope you know you get a ton of success out of it, and um, I think it's you know it's it's it says a lot about you that you're willing to take take chances and 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 do what you have to do and work really hard at your craft. And I know you know, listen, we joke about it a lot too. You know, I could call you anytime to work an event, and you 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 if you can do it, you do it. You know. And you're all over the place. I see you doing all kinds of college games now and, and stuff like that. And, and, you know, it's only going to be positive for you. And, um, you know, this kind of stuff that you're doing is this is the way your career hopefully will take off. And, um, you know, you work, work really, really hard at what you do. And, and, and you should be proud of it. And we're proud of you uh, as, a, as a Holy Trinity Titan. You know, it's, and I appreciate you reaching out to me um, to do this. I, I, I enjoy every second of it. And, um, I hope I gave you some good content and, and we'll see, but we'll see where it goes, but I'll be a fan of yours. That's for sure. Thank you. I appreciate that coming from you. And we got a lot of good content. We spoke for just about 40 minutes. So a lot of good stuff people can listen to and hopefully enjoy and learn from about being a, a high school athletic director. And then just some local hockey is always fun to throw in there as well. You got it. Go devils, man. <laughs> We'd like to thank uh, Holy Trinity Athletic Director Chris Hardert for coming on the second episode of the Pat McCormick podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And thank you for listening. I hope you learned a lot about high school sports, the journey of what it takes to become an athletic director, sports during a pandemic, and then enjoyed our segment talk about the New Jersey Devils. Thank you and have a good week.